وَإِيُّكَذِّبُوكَ And if they deny you, the Prophet ﷺ is consoled over here, if the people reject you, what was the reason behind all of this? You know, persecution that the Muslims had to face, leaving Makkah, and then fighting the enemy back. What was behind all of this? Takdeeb, denial. So if they deny you, then worry not. Because فَقَدْ كَذَّبَتْ قَبْلَهُمْ قَوْمُ Then, in fact, it denied قَبْلَهُمْ before them قَوْمُ the people of Nuh. Who did they deny? Their messenger Nuh a.s. وَعَادٌ And the people of Ad. Who did they deny? Their messenger Hud a.s. وَثَمُودٌ And the people of Thamud. Who did they deny? Their prophet. Who was the prophet sent to Thamud? Salih a.s. وَقَوْمُ Ibrahima And the people of Ibrahim also denied. Who? Ibrahim a.s. وَقَوْمُ Lut And the people of Lut also denied their prophet. وَأَصْحَابُ Madian And the people of Madian. Who was sent to the people of Madian? Shu'ayb a.s. وَكُذِّبَ Musa, And Musa was denied. He was rejected. By who? By Fir'aun? And also his people. They kind of denied him also. How? That when... Musa a.s. came and the persecution increased. What did they say to Musa a.s.? Udina, we were hurt before you came and we are being hurt and persecuted even after you have come. As if they're saying there was no good in your coming to us. You have brought no good to us. وَكُذِّبَ Musa. He was denied. Musa a.s. makes the Bani Israel cross the sea. What happens? He goes to bring the Torah, comes back and he finds out that the people have been worshipping the calf. كُذِّبَ Musa. فَأَمْلَيْتُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ فَأَمْلَيْتُ So I gave respite. Meem, lam, wow. Mal. Mal is to walk quickly. To walk quickly. Have you ever seen a child walking away from their parents? Hmm? Like for example in a mall. Right? As soon as the child sees mom is not looking, run. And forget about children, even teenagers do that, right? That mom is not looking, dad's not looking, this is your time to escape. This is your time to run. So mal, to walk briskly. Now sometimes what happens, the mother is looking, the father is looking, but what do they say? Let me see how far she goes. Let me see how far he goes. Let me see what she actually ends up doing. Let's see. And then what happens? They let the child go up to a certain limit, and then they come in, Grab them. Right? This is imla. To give respite, to give rope, to give someone freedom. Okay, let them do what they're doing. Let them enjoy. Let them, you know, do what they're doing and then catch them. Imla. So amlaytu, I gave respite lil kafirin to the disbelievers. Meaning when they initially disbelieved in their messengers, were they caught immediately? Were they? No, they weren't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them time. More chances. And instead of benefiting from that time and coming back to Allah, what did they do? They went further and further in their zulm. Look at the people of Makkah. What were they doing? They rejected the Prophet And Were they punished immediately? No. 13 years went by in Makkah. Were they punished? No. Then what happened? The Prophet goes to Medina. Were they punished? No. I mean, yes, there were small punishments every now and then in the form of, you know, famine that struck the people of Makkah and then the battle of Badr and the defeats that they suffered at the hands of the Muslims. Those were all small punishments. But were they completely destroyed? No, they weren't. And during this time, there were some people who 
accepted Islam. But there were others who just went further and further in their kufr, in their disbelief. So فَأَمْلَيْتُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ Allah gives them time. ثُمَّ أَخَذْتُهُمْ Then I seized them. Then I caught them. Then I punished them. فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ Then how was my nakir? Nakir, you see, nakiri, there's a kasra under the ra. And what that implies is nakiri. But instead of saying nakiri, nakir. Alright? Because at the end, nakiri, it just doesn't sound good. So فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ Remember, فَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Remember? It was فَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونِ And the ni is abbreviated to just ni. فَإِيَّايَ فَتَّقُونِ Is abbreviated to just فَإِيَّايَ فَتَّقُونَ Right? So فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ Nakir, what's the root? Noon kaf, ra. Same root as the word munkar. Inkar. What does inkar mean? Reject, deny. Right? Munkar is that which is rejected. That which is not acceptable. It's considered wrong. Nakir over here refers to punishment. Right? So it's as if it's being said, فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرِ How was my disapproval of their kufr? That Allah did not accept their kufr. Just because they had been doing it for very long, that didn't make it right. It was not acceptable. Allah rejected it. And nakir, punishment, how was my punishment? Meaning, it was such that made them unrecognizable. It completely changed them. Because remember that nakir from tankir, tankir also means to change something. Sulaiman salam when he had the arsh of the queen brought, he said, nakiru laha arshaha, nakiru laha, nakiru as in change it. Alright? So nakiri, how was my punishment? It was such that completely changed them. They were unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Their state changed from life to death. Their state changed from success, from prosperity to utter destruction. Look at Fir'aun. How was his country, how were his people before the punishment came? Busy streets, people are all, you know, worshipping Fir'aun, doing anything at his command, whatever he says, they do it. But what happens when Fir'aun is drowned? What happened to those homes, those streets, those palaces? Empty, desolate. فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ How was my reproach? How was my punishment? Meaning it was terrible, unavoidable. فَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ قَرِيَةٍ So we are being told, take a lesson from history. Just because you can survive doing something wrong for one year, for two years, for three years, you're not going to last forever. Eventually we're going back to Allah. فَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ قَرِيَةٍ And how many a city أَهْلَكْنَاهَا We destroyed it. So look at history, nation after nation, community after community. Empire after empire. What happened to it? أَهْلَكْنَاهَا Its time came to an end, it was finished, we destroyed it. And why was it destroyed? Why is it that that particular nation suffered decline? وَهِيَ ظَالِمَةً While it was doing ظلم. There was some form of ظلم going on over there. And this is why that nation suffered decline. This is why. I mean, this is true. Any person who comes to this world, eventually he has to go. Right? But why is it that nations... Nations decline. Why is it that an entire nation is wiped out? Wiped off? Why? 
Why? It's time came, but also we see over here wahi al-zalima. Some form of zulm was going on. You know, some scholars they said that if there are people who are upon kufr, and kufr is a kind of zulm, if there are people upon kufr, Allah subhanahu wa taala lets them live until their ajal is over. But if those people are doing zulm, then no, they cannot stay for very long. They cannot remain safe for very long. Where there is zulm, any place where there is oppression, whether it's a family or a workplace, or it is a country, any place where there is zulm, it cannot last for very long. Sooner or later, it will finish. Because what is between the dua of the mazloom and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? A person who is oppressed, when he makes dua, then you know what? His dua is answered. It's responded to. So in this is, is a severe warning. That with zulm, with oppression, we cannot be there for very long. We cannot. So let's look at our lives. Are we doing zulm on our children? Are we doing zulm on our husband? Are we doing zulm on our in-laws, our parents, our younger siblings? Are we doing zulm on people who are working under us in any capacity? Because where there is zulm, decline is not far. It's coming very soon. وَهِيَ ظَالِمَةٌ فَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا So now, Allah says, look at it. فَهِيَ So it is خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا خَاوِيَةٌ from the root letters خَاوِيَةٌ خَوَى الْبَيْتِ خَوَى الْبَيْتِ is a house that has been demolished. It's empty, it's fallen. Nobody lives there. And parts of it have also fallen down. عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا Urush is the plural of عَرْش. Right? Arsh generally we understand it as a throne. But Arsh is not just a throne where a king sits. Arsh is also, you could say like the ceiling. Which is why the scholars, when they define the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say that it's, it's like the ceiling of the entire creation. I mean the entire creation is beneath the Arsh. Where is the entire creation? Beneath the Arsh. The Sab'a Samawat, right? And then the earth, it's all beneath. So anyway, Arsh. And remember that Ma'rushat. What are Ma'rushat? Those plants that grow upwards. So vines that grow on trellises. That you have to make a frame or something, a wooden frame. Or you have to tie those plants up, you know, to a hook or something like that so that they can climb up. Climbers. Ma'rushat. That which goes upwards. So Arsh is also roof. So, خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا The urush, meaning the ceilings are fallen. The rooftops are fallen. So think about it. If there is a structure, if there is a building, a house, and the roof has collapsed, do you think anybody is going to live there? Do you think anybody is going to live there? No. And why is it like that in the first place? Because it was abandoned. What happens to abandoned houses? Abandoned places? What do you see? Eventually the roof collapses. I mean, just a couple of years ago, you could see many barns even within Mississauga, right? But there was no you know, farming being done on that property, so those barns were just empty. And you could see the parts of them were collapsed. And especially the roof, that's collapsed. So, فَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا Imagine the house that we love, if the roof is collapsed, would you do something to fix it? 
the first crack you see, or the first leak you find, you're going to do something to fix it. But if a house has been abandoned, it's empty, the ceiling has collapsed, what does it mean? There is no residence there. The owner is not there. وَبِئْرٍ مُعَطَّلَةٍ وَبِئْرٍ And a well that is مُعَطَّلَةٍ Abandoned. مُعَطَّلَةٍ عَيْن طَالَامٍ عَيْن طَالَامٍ عَطُل عَطُل basically gives the meaning of when something is inactive, when something is inoperative, meaning it's not being used anymore. It's not performing its function. It's not doing what it's meant to do, what it's supposed to do. Like for example, when a person, when a laborer is unemployed, he's got no work, then this word is used. You understand? That it's not performing its function. Likewise, if a woman, right, she doesn't wear nice clothes or, you know, she's not taking care of herself by wearing even the most basic jewelry or adornment, then it is said, عَطِلَةِ الْمَرْأَةِ That this woman, عَطِلَةِ Meaning she's empty in the sense that she's not doing what she's meant to do. I mean, a girl from the very beginning, what is she meant to do? What is she meant to do? Dress up, right? Which is why you see even baby girls, they have no hair on their heads, but what do they have? A headband, a hairband for no hair, right? Their ears are pierced, their dresses are so fancy, even they're uncomfortable in those clothes, but you have to put them on because they're supposed to be girls, right? Their shoes are nicer, and the accessories, oh my God, there's no limit to that, right? So this is what a woman, I mean, she does from the very beginning. So if ever there is a girl who doesn't wear no jewelry, no nice clothes, nothing like that. She doesn't dress up at all. What do people ask her? Everything okay with you? Is everything fine? Right? So this is atl. Have you heard of the term ta'atil? Ta'atil. When it comes to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should not do ta'atil. Hmm? What does it mean? That remove the meaning so for example, some people they say, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-Rahman, but you don't say that He shows mercy like, you know, mercy. No, you don't say that God shows mercy. Allah is as-Samir, but you don't say that He hears, because if you say He hears, then you're resembling Him to the creation. You see, some people come up with these kind of uh, ideas, and these are wrong. These are wrong, because if Allah has said He is as-Samir, you cannot abandon the meaning of as-Samir, can you? If Allah has said that He is Al-Basir, can you abandon the meaning of Basr? You can't do that. You can't abandon the meaning. So, ta'atil. So anyway, bi'rim mu'attala, a well that is abandoned. Meaning the well is there, the water is there, but the well is abandoned. No person comes there in the morning, during the day, at the end of the day. Nobody comes to draw water out of that well. It's standing but it's unused. The people are gone. وَبِئْرٍ مُعَطَّلَةٍ وَقَصْرٍ مَشِيدٍ قَصْرٍ قصر, A castle. Or you could say like a building. A lofty building. Okay? And مَشِيدٍ is from the root letters شِينَ يَا دَالْ Shade is to plaster a wall. What does it mean by plastering a wall? Have you ever seen a wall being made? Anybody? How is a wall made? So think about this wall, for instance. How did this wall get made? Don't tell me you haven't seen any renovation shows on TV. Have you? Like seriously? 
That's what the TV is full of these days. You put on any, any channel and what do you find? Renovations. Home renovations. So anyway, how is a wall made? Go ahead. Okay. 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 Exactly. So for example, if there is a brick wall, if, right? I know the brick walls are rare here, but if there is, what would you do? You would layer the bricks one on top of the other. All right. Make sure that they are consolidated. They're, they're stuck to each other. But the surface is not that pretty. It's not smooth. Right? So then what do they do? They put cement or something on top. All right. Or plaster or something. And they make it all nice and smooth. All right? Now, for example, these walls, wooden walls, what do they do? They put, you know, what is that material called? Drywall, right? They put drywall, but if you put like three, four pieces of drywall together, there's going to be cracks in the middle, right? So what do they have to do? Put some stuff on top in order to smoothen the surface, all right? This is shade. This is shade. To smoothen the surface, now these days, it's something normal. It must be done. Otherwise, nobody's going to buy that house. Right? But back in the day, it was done only for, you could say, big fancy houses. Alright? So, qasrim mashid, a qasr, a castle, that is mashid, that is built very strongly and beautifully. Built very strongly and beautifully. Also remember that shade is to construct and build to raise a palace high. So it's not just one story, but it's, you could say it's multiple stories, or even if it's one story, the walls are really high, the ceiling is really high. So you're not talking about an ordinary house. You're talking about big, fancy houses. Allah says, now look at the ayah, فَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ أَهْلَكْنَاهَا How many a city are there that we destroyed? Why? وَهِيَ الظَّالِمَةٍ Because it was wrongdoing. And today you see it, فَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا It has fallen down on its rooftops, even the roofs have caved in. وَبِئْرٍ مُعَطَّلَةٍ You will find abandoned wells, وَقَصْرٍ مَشِيدٍ And palaces that were lofty, that were constructed high, that were fancy, beautiful, strong. All these places stand today. They exist today. Some of them have collapsed. Some of them are in ruins. And some of them, despite the passage of time, are still standing perfectly fine. But the inhabitants are gone. The inhabitants are gone. The streets are empty. The house is vacant. Nobody's living there. This is the reality of this world. We will go. And what we have collected will remain behind it will remain behind. It's not going with us. And today we treasure it. Tomorrow it will be someone else's garbage. We value it. We spend so much time taking care of it. And others, they don't care about it at all. Has it ever happened with you that you spent so long cleaning the floor? Hmm? You swept it. You mopped it. There were some parts of the floor that you even cleaned by hand. And what happens when people walk in? What happens two days later? It's as though that place was never cleaned. And how do you feel in your heart? You feel like it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth all the effort. I put in so much work and people don't even value it. They don't even care. They don't. And this is the reality of this world. 
So don't attach yourself to the things of this world, to the places of this world. Because the end is separation. And the more we attach ourselves to the things of this world, the more difficult and painful will that separation be. We're not here to last forever. We're not here to stay here. We're not here to stay forever. We have to leave this place. أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ So have they not traveled in the earth? Have they not gone about through the earth, through the land? And seen such places? Have we? Have you ever been to a museum? Seen someone's cups, utensils, their cutlery, their clothes, their makeup, right? Just go to the museum and what do you see? So many things that belong to the people of the past. أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Have they not traveled through the earth? They understand, they know about this reality of life. فَتَكُونَ لَهُمْ So they could have قُلُوبٌ hearts, plural of قَلْبِ يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا By which they could understand. يَعْقِلُونَ from عَقْل What does عَقْل mean? Reason. Your intellect. Where you process information, you retain it. Your memory. Right? Concepts that you understand. This is aql. Allah says, Have they not traveled through the earth so that they would have hearts by which they can understand? The heart would understand. Yaqiluna biha. With the hearts. Aw adhanun or ears. Adhan is a plural of udun. What is udun? Ear. Yasmaruna biha. They could hear with it, meaning with the ears. But do they have hearts by which they understand? Or do they have ears by which they hear? No, they don't. They travel, they see so much, they learn so much, but it's as though they have not understood a thing. It's as though they have not heard a word. What's going on over here? Allah says, فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ فَإِنَّهَا So indeed it لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ The vision, that does not become blind. تَعْمَ from عَيْن مِيمْيَا to be blind. Al-absar, plural of basar. The eyes, the vision, that does not become blind. Then what becomes blind? Walakin but, ta'mal qulub, the hearts become blind. Which hearts? Allati fi sudur, which are in the chests. That becomes blind. And if that is blind, then it doesn't matter if the ears work or if the eyes work. It doesn't matter. Because the eyes and ears, what are they? They're only a window to the heart. Where is the heart? Can you touch it? Can you? Can you see it? You cannot. It's hidden inside. Right? But do you feel happiness in it? Sometimes? Do you feel pain in it sometimes? Do you feel things? Yes, you do. It's there. Can you deny the heart? You cannot. It's there. Now, the heart is the king. Right? It's the malik. Of who? Of you. It rules you. It rules over you. And the heart, it doesn't have eyes, it doesn't have ears, but every organ of the body, what is it? It's of the junood of the heart. They are like the armies of the king. So the king uses its armies. The king uses the armies. Why? In order to? In order to get anything done. Like for example, a king generally, where do you see it? The king is sitting on his throne. He wants water. Does he go get water himself? No. He orders, get me water. 
Right? He wants that someone should be killed. Does he go kill him himself? No. He gives the orders and his orders are executed. His commands are done. By who? By those who are under him. So the king is controlling the entire nation. Correct? Such is the heart. It controls the entire body. Every organ, every faculty, every ability. Where is it? It's under the heart. See with your eyes. Why are you looking at it? Why are you taking interest in looking at it? Because the heart wants. You understand? Or if you're listening to something, why are you listening to it? Because your heart wants you to. And has it ever happened that you're talking to someone, rather they're talking to you, you're listening to them, and if they stop for a moment, and they ask you what they've said, you're blank. You're blank. You have no idea what they said. Why? The ears were listening, but the heart was busy doing something else. Has it ever happened with you that you read a whole page? And by the time you read the end of the page, you're like, what did I just read? You were reading. The brain was processing the entire information. You read every word correctly. However, it didn't reach the heart. Why? Because the heart was not interested. So you see what is mentioned over here? Do they not have hearts by which they would understand? يَعْقِلُونَ biha. The heart is meant to understand. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't matter what the eyes see, what the ears listen to, what the mind processes, it doesn't matter. The body is useless if the heart does not operate properly. If the heart does not operate properly, it doesn't matter what verses of Qur'an we're listening to. It doesn't matter what miracles we see. It doesn't matter what experiences we go through. It doesn't matter. It will not affect. Why? Because the heart is not operating properly. So, over here, so many examples of the people of the past have been given. Right? You see their ruined houses. You see their abandoned places. You see their properties you know, sitting there, nobody looking after them, and you understand that you're not going to walk on this earth forever, yet your actions don't change. Why? Because the heart is blind. You saw, you heard, you know, you know the facts on your fingertips, but your actions don't change. You don't cry before Allah. You don't feel bad about the sins you've done. Why? Because the heart is unaffected. It is blind. فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ The eyes can function perfectly. But if the heart is blind, then it doesn't matter what the eyes see. What the eyes see will be useless. An example of their blindness, the blindness of their hearts is given. They urge you to hasten the punishment. I mean, can you imagine a person asking for punishment? I mean, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they would go to the Prophet ﷺ and say, fine, get the punishment on us. Cause us to be destroyed. Abu Jahl went up to the Kaaba, held the kiswa of the Kaaba, and ask for destruction. وَيَسْتَعْجِلُونَكَ بِالْعَذَابِ They ask you for punishment. Allah says, وَلَنْ يُخْلِفَ اللَّهُ وَعْدَهُ But Allah would never go against His promise. Allah's promise is that those who behave in this way, they deserve to be punished. And just because the punishment is not here immediately, don't think that Allah is breaking His promise. He's not fulfilling his promise. No. وَلَنْ يُخْلِفَ اللَّهُ وَعْدَ In other words, have no doubt. It's coming. You're being impatient for it? Don't worry, it's coming. 
Why is it taking so long? Because وَإِنَّ يَوْمًا عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ And indeed a day near your Lord is كَأَلْفِ سَنَةٍ Like a thousand years. مِمَّا تَعُدُّونَ Of that which you count. تَعُدُّونَ عِنْدَ الْدَالْ عَدَدْ Adad is number, counting. You know sometimes we learn like the Prophet ﷺ said that أَنَا وَالسَّاعَةُ كَهَاتَيْنِ That I and the Day of Judgment are like this. And he put his two fingers together. Meaning the next major event after the Prophet ﷺ is meant to be is meant to be the Day of Judgment. But then you wonder, 1400 years? 1400 years? And all the signs of the Day of Judgment that we have been told about, I mean, we don't see them. I mean, people thousand years ago thought that those signs had happened or they were happening. But still the Day of Judgment is not here. So you wonder how long is it going to be? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that one day, one day near Allah is like how many years for you? How many years? Ka'alfi sanatin, like a thousand years. You see the time, concept of time that we have, or 24 hours a day, right? Does that apply on uh, Mars as well? It doesn't. Why? Because it rotates on its orbit, goes around the sun at a different speed. You know, it's at a particular distance away from the sun. So obviously the concept of time is different at Mars compared to the earth. Correct? Now this is something we understand. Now, just today I learned that an average housefly, right, its lifespan is about 30 days. 30 days. And I was thinking, imagine if the average human being lived for 30 days. doesn't work like that. Housefly is small, very small. And for it, 30 days is a lifetime. Lifetime. We are human beings. For us, 30 days is just a break. Right? It's just part of the summer break that we miss so much because we don't have it anymore. Right? So anyway, we are on this earth. We are small. And for us, a thousand years seems like such a big deal. Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the Khaliq, who is the Khaliq, who is above the seven heavens, above His arsh, above the entire creation, then obviously, for Him, a thousand years is what? It's nothing. It's just like a day. Our thousand years are like a day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see, when you learn about Jannah, when you learn about Jannah, what's one of the first things you learn? That people will abide therein? Eternally. And you think eternally, and people say things like, well, aren't we going to get bored in there? Aren't people going to get bored in Jannah eventually? No. Because once you go to Jannah, then time is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant. It doesn't apply in Jannah. It doesn't. Because you don't have any meetings, any schedules, nothing like that. You could stare you know, at your food, for like a billion years if you wanted to. There's no decay, no going bad. How is it that we get a sense of time when we look at our body, for example? When we were little, each time we grew out of some clothes, we realized we were bigger. Right? Likewise, as you age, each time you see a wrinkle appear somewhere, or you see like your skin is not the way it used to be before, what does that show you? You are aging. 
But in Jannah there is nothing like that. There is no aging. So it's as though there is no concept of time. Time is irrelevant. So what we need to understand is, from, from this ayah, the lesson we learn is that sometimes we become impatient for certain things. How come this is not happening? I've been making dua for this particular thing for like five years. It hasn't happened. Well, five years seems like a very big deal to us. But before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, five years is like nothing. It's nothing. And you know, the smaller you are, the more impatient you are. You know, for instance, look at a child. I mean, the cookie is coming. They see the cookie. But what happens? Until the cookie reaches their hand or their mouth, the child is just crying and whining and fussing. And you tell them, it's only a second, only a minute. Let me just put this away so that I can hand you the cookie. No, 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 no. I want it right now, right now. The more impatient they are. So when we are impatient, why is that? Because we are small. وَإِنَّ يَوْمًا عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ كَأَلْفِ سَنَةٍ مِمَّا تَعُدُّونَ وَكَأَيَّ مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ And how many a nation, how many a city أَمْلَيْتُ لَهَا I gave respite to it وَهِيَ ظَالِمَةٌ It was wrongdoing ثُمَّ أَخَذْتُهَا Then I seized it وَإِلَيَّ الْمَصِيرَ And to me is the final destination. So just because we're having fun doing something or a particular individual or a nation is upon injustice and years have gone by don't think they will continue like that forever. Time is being given. And it may seem like a long period of time, but near Allah, it's not long. قُلْ say, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ O people, إِنَّمَا Indeed not but, أَنَا لَكُمْ I am to you, نَذِيرٌ mubin, A clear warner. I'm a clear warning. My warning is open. It's evident. It's manifest. I've made it clear to you. I have not hidden anything from you. Not concealed anything. It's open. And I'm openly warning you. You see the Arabs, they had this tradition where if, you know, for instance, if a person is at the top of a mountain and he sees an army, an enemy approaching, he sees danger approaching, then what would he do? He would scream out and warn everybody. But sometimes his screams, his voice wouldn't reach the people. Or even though it's reaching, they cannot make out the words because the words are coming from far. Or there isn't much time for him to go from the mountaintop all the way down and warn everybody. So what they would do is that a person, if there was something really, really dangerous and scary, like something that was very serious, that person would take off his clothes. Yeah, that was called Nadir Uryan. So what that meant was, do something before it's too late. Don't delay at all. It's like a serious warning. Serious warning. But the Qur'an doesn't use that word. Nor does it tell us to warn in that manner. Nadirum mubin, A warner that is clear. Clarify the warning. Talk about it in plain terms. Don't hide anything. You know for instance children, we don't tell them about hellfire. Why? Because we think they'll be scared. They'll be scared. Don't tell them about Day of Judgment. Don't tell them about jinn. They'll be scared. Don't tell them about shaitan. They'll be scared. You know, even if you don't tell your kids about shaitan, about jinn, they'll learn about ooh, ghosts. Right? And forget about ghosts. I mean, you know, these movies that are out there today, each movie has a villain. Isn't that so? There's some villain, and that villain becomes the most evil guy 
and the child is having nightmares about that villain that is unreal. So what we need to teach them is about what? About shaitan. That is the real enemy. Jinn. jinn. Don't hide the reality. Tell them. Several years ago, I saw this little girl. Right? She was maybe about four years old. And she did something wrong. Okay, I am not going to go into what exactly she did, but she did something wrong. And the mother said, Are you listening to shaitan? And oh my, that little girl, her face changed. She started crying. She said, no, I'm not listening to shaitan. Shaitan is not my friend. I don't want to do what shaitan does. What should I do? And she started saying, astaghfirullah, and you know, a'udhu billahi min shaitanir rajeem. And I mean, she realized she had done something wrong because this is something that shaitan would tell her to do. And immediately, she changed her way. I mean, I think it was a little too intense. But still, she had an idea of what shaitan is and what it means to follow shaitan, what it means to be friends with shaitan. And these are things that children need to know. If they can understand the concept of arjeeb villains, I'm sure they can understand the concept of shaitan. And they should. So, nadirum mubeen, the warning should be clear, it should be open. فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ So those people who believe and do righteous deeds, لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ For them is forgiveness. What is قُنْ كَرِيمٌ And a noble provision. Those who believe in the Messenger, who do righteous deeds, their hearts believe, their actions confirm, then for them is forgiveness. Because definitely they're human beings, they will make mistakes. But Allah will forgive them because of their iman and amal salih. And Allah will give them rizqun kareem, a noble provision, generous provision. And what is this provision? In the dunya and the akhirah. وَالَّذِينَ سَعَوْ فِي آيَاتِنَا And as for those people who strive against our verses... Some people, they become humble when the verses of Allah are presented. And other people, they strive against the verses. They oppose the verses. They speak against them. They try to refute them. Those who do that, mu'ajizin, seeking to cause failure, mu'ajizin, plural of mu'ajiz, one who wants the other to fail, ulaika ashabul jahim. Those are the inmates of hellfire. They will end up in hellfire. Now those who strive in their opposition to the verses of Allah, trying to defeat or trying to overcome or trying to uh, refute the message that Allah has sent. How do they do that? What are their efforts like? Different. You know for instance the mushrikeen of Makkah, they didn't just try one way to fight the Prophet ﷺ, to oppose him. They tried many ways. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِن يُكَذِّبُوكَ فَقَدْ كَذَّبَتْ قَبْلَهُمْ قَوْمُ نُوحٍ وَعَادٌ وَثَمُودٌ وَقَوْمُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَقَوْمُ لُوطٍ وَأَصْحَابُ مَدْيَنٍ وَكُذِّبَ مُوسَى فَأَمْلَيْتُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ ثُمَّ أَخَذْتُهُمْ فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ فَكَأَيٍّ مِّن قَرْيَةٍ أَهْلَكْنَاهَا وَهِيَ ظَالِمَةٌ فَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَى عُرُوشِهَا فَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَى عُرُوشِهَا وَبِئْرٍ 
The word sa'aw, what's the root of it? Seen ain ya, sa'i. What does sa'i mean? Don't just read the translation. What does it mean? To run. You know sa'i during hajj? Right? What is it? You go between Safa and Marwa. And there is a certain part of it where men are required to run. So sari is to run, meaning strive to do something. You're putting an effort. So there are some people who strive. Why? Fi ayatina, regarding our ayat, the ayat that Allah has sent. And what is their striving for? Mu'ajizin. Trying to defeat the verses of Allah. Opposing the Quran, opposing the Messenger. That's what their striving is about. What is our striving about? What is our striving about? Do we want to be on the other side to defend the verses of Allah? To at least defend the Qur'an? Tell me, are there people today who attack the Qur'an? Are there people today who attack the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And they strive. They strive in doing that. They spend their money, they spend their time, their talents, so much. What are we doing? Don't we have to stand up and defend the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So those who do this, وَالَّذِينَ سَعَوْ فِي آيَاتِنَا مُعَاجِزِينَ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ They will be the inmates of hellfire. 